Can you separate games from mathematics? My name's Jonathan, and this is The Snakes Cast, the podcast for people who don't know as much about board games as they'd like to know. And this week, we're going to delve into the secret inner life of board games and the mathematical systems that are designed to make a game fun. Welcome back to The Snakes Cast. With me again this week, Holly Wider. Hello. And Lisa Wecklich. Hello. So we're going to talk about math. Yay! Yay! Hooray! <laughs> uh, how do you feel about mathematics generally? I mean, were you, were you good at it in school? Was it a thing that you liked or hated? Or Math is my best subject. I, love, I loved it in high school. I'm not very good at it now. But like, I used to love it because it made so much sense to me. Like mm. It was like, this number with this number does this. As opposed to like English, where anything could be right. The English language, to be fair, is kind of messed up. That's true. (laughs) The way the rules don't quite make sense. Yeah. How about you, Lisa? Uh, Math is very logical, which I really enjoyed, like Holly said. And it was one of the things that I did really well in high school. But now I think avoid. Hmm. (laughs) So none of you is is particularly interested in like, uh, I don't know, exploring chaos theory or any of these other high mathy type things or game theory or stuff like that. No, thank you. Post-academic type of... (laughs) Yeah. Although, here's the thing. I put it to you that you both are actually fans of mathematics and enjoy it at this time because both of you like heavy strategy games. That is probably true. Mm-hmm. But thing is, it doesn't always feel like math. Do you, if I just sort of put you on the spot and say, do you like math in games? Yes or no? What's, what's your first instinct? I do, yeah. Not particularly. If it seems like very mathy, I don't think I like it. But I'm finding that a lot of games that I play involve a lot of math. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of sneaks up on you, I suppose. I mean, all games involve some math, right? I mean, Monopoly involves adding and subtracting a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, the money that you have, Yahtzee involves probability analysis and addition. Clue involves deductive reasoning, which is like logic, which is a close cousin to mathematics. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of math in poker. Mm-hmm. And calculating mm-hmm. pot odds and mm-hmm. likelihood of hitting a particular... It's 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 crazy. And then there's games like Power Grid that have tons of obvious math. You guys play Power Grid? Yeah, no. It's it's probably to my mind at least the mathiest game <laughs> that I know because there is so much adding and subtracting and figuring out how much money it's going to cost you to do these various different things. And if you don't do the math, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, Fine <laughs> Planet Steam is similar to that, I think. Oh yeah. I haven't, I haven't actually played Planet Steam. Is there a lot of sort of managing resources and calculating whether you're going to be able to afford something? There's a whole economic portion that's like a stock market kind of. So mm. the price of certain resources goes up or down depending on how many mm. are in the pot. And then you also have to plan how much you're going to pay for something and make sure you have the right resources to be able to buy whichever items you actually want to buy. Reminds me a little bit of uh, the resource market in Power Grid, too, how mm-hmm. the price of coal or oil goes up or down depending on how much people are buying. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, just talking about it makes me want to play it. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's be honest, though. Math does put a lot of people off. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned that a game is mathy. There are going to be a fair number of people who are just going to sort of check out saying, you know, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you have friends who are like that? Are you ever like that sometimes? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So many people, as soon as you're like, even if it's just like, oh, there's a little strategy in it and you have to like think, they automatically just are like, oh, the math. I, no, don't want to do that. And you're like, oh, okay, but it's not. No, it's okay. <laughs> even though in games that uh, they might have loved when they were kids, again, like mm-hmm. Monopoly and Yahtzee, yeah. which have a ton of math, 
uh, that's sort of obscured beneath the surface somehow. In, in, in some games, you get stuff like, you know, Tales of the Arabian Nights, where, okay, technically there's math there, but it's obscured under so much other stuff that you basically can't solve anything. You know, any attempt that you made to actually bring math into it would mm-hmm. pretty much be worthless anyway. Uh, and then there's other games where there's so much interaction between the players where I mean, it's, it's, it's not so much like it's something like diplomacy, for example. You guys ever play diplomacy? No. It's a perfectly mathematically solvable game if you know exactly what everybody else is going to do. Because <laughs> there's no dice and no cards. And it's okay, I move this army over there, you move that army over there. The thing is that you're all writing down your orders at the same time which means that when everybody reveals them, that's when we find out what actually happens. So in theory, it's solvable, but the mathematics involves complex neurochemical processes in the other people's brains, (laughs) and you can pretty much forget trying to solve that. We're going to sort of dig into some of the systems that exist in games mathematically and see what we can find. So what's the big criticism of having math in games? You already basically touched on this. Mm-hmm. It, that it's too hard or people don't want to think about adding things and subtracting things when they're playing a game. Yeah, I mean, it, I get that. I mean, uh, a game that's just about calculating fractions and stuff, Ugh. and that's the actual game. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's some, you know, educational games in <laughs> yeah. schools and stuff, but those aren't fun. No. Uh, and yet, games where you actually have to do some fairly complex math Mm -hmm. to play them well, like poker, uh, can actually be huge fun. Mm -hmm. Let's let's take a look at some games where the math is really transparent, where it's really clear what's going on. You guys have played Carcassonne, right? Yes. So you put this tile down. There's an expected amount of value that you get from putting your person on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a scoring track that tells you exactly how many points everybody has right now. Uh, pretty nakedly mathematical, right? Yeah. Yes. Does that work in this game's favor, do you think, for you? Is it, do you enjoy it because it's mathy? It's very straightforward. Mm. Yeah. So I know how to get more points than someone else, and I know which which tactics to use that will get a better score than someone else. So it's clear. It's, tra- it's transparent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first time I played Carcassonne, it was my like, favorite game for the longest time until I increased my board game knowledge. But uh, yet because of, I think, because of the like math part of it, because I do enjoy being like, oh, so here, if I finish this castle, I'll get this many points. But if I try and like add a little bit more, I could get this many points. So one of the other things about Carcassonne is that uh, it's it's really clear who's winning and who's losing. That that Mm -hmm. transparent nature of it really helps that way. You compare that to something like Ticket to Ride. Um, mm-hmm. where part of it is transparent. Part of it, you, you, you can see how many points everybody has, but part of it is hidden in the mm-hmm. form of the other player's tickets. And you don't know 100% how they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can't perfectly math out exactly how many points you're going to need to be able to beat somebody within three turns because that's how many trains you have left. Mm-hmm. Does that make Ticket to Ride better or worse for it, for you? I find it's more exciting at the end of the game when you can say surprise I have a long route and I get 20 more points mm. is um, it's a nice way to end the game on a high note if you are actually winning but if you're that other person you're like oh I never thought that that person would finish this route either way it creates a sort of a, a, a dramatic twist mm-hmm. which is kind of cool um, but the math is more opaque at that point and the uh, the effort to actually do those calculations can wind up being devalued. Is yeah. it, does that make the game less fun for a, a, a math fan like you? No, I, I, I just like calculating things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think 
I think it's really interesting with that too, because it does open and becomes more of a game when you're like, I don't actually know what they could be getting or what they couldn't be getting because mm. I don't know the full end. Like, I don't want to know exactly how the game's going to end mm-hmm. before it ends. So I think that's a good thing to have. And then there's other games where it can be really, really hard to tell who's winning at any given time. Something like a lot of American-style games, something like Blood Rage is a new arrival, where you're Vikings and you're scoring points by pillaging places and stuff. The final scoring at the end of round three is so huge and uh, that it, only, it, it practically dwarfs everything that's come before that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it can be difficult to tell who's winning until that final count. And that can be a very big deal. Now, obviously, you're trying to squeeze as much as you can out of the system and get as many points out of what you got as possible. But the math isn't perfect in terms of knowing how much the other players need to get. Is this, mm. is this, is this good or bad for somebody who is into or not into uh, using mathematical systems and doing this sort of thing? How do you feel about a game like that? I personally enjoy just being like, okay, well, I don't know how much anyone else is getting, mm. but I know that I can get this much. So, like, I don't particularly care if I win a game, but <laughs> if I play it well, then then I feel good about it. So, you kind of just try to do the best that you can. I guess for me, I don't like calculating the probabilities of what everyone else might do that's better than me. I just want to focus on my own thing and try to make the most of my experience. For me, the thing that bugs me the most is doing the actual arithmetic, like adding up numbers to figure something out. Like one of the reasons why I don't care for small world, which is a really popular game is that I can actually pretty much at a glance, just look at a particular race that's coming up and say, okay, uh, there's enough little dudes in that race that I can take over five territories which would be worth this many points. Or I could take that other one, which has enough to take over six territories, which would be worth this many points. So <laughs> once you math it out and the choice is really, really clear that way, mm-hmm. to me that really kind of destroys the fun. The clearer it is, the more transparent it is, mm-hmm. the more it becomes a question of who's better at calculating. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. That's kind of like chess, isn't it? Like who can think farther in advance it's true there's a reason why uh, deep blue is the best chess player in the world mm-hmm. why a computer is better than a human <laughs> and having games where it's like where i have this is one of the reasons why i'm never gonna be any good at chess is because i can't memorize the openings well enough right which are basically kind of a form of mathematics you know calculating mm-hmm. which is the most obvious which is the best thing sometimes you can obscure the math in other ways as well, not just behind uh, uh, not knowing things, mm-hmm. but behind having enough of a story, enough of a narrative in a game that you just sort of, it, you sort of, it becomes like plot spackle that you <laughs> to sort of fill yeah. in the gaps and sort of fill things in. Like take Pandemic, for example. You guys have played Pandemic, right? Yeah. Yep. So some people will have an epidemic come up and it's like, okay, there is a 33.3 repeating percent chance that Taipei is going to have an outbreak right now. Should I play one quiet night to prevent that from happening? Whereas others will think, oh, okay, so uh, that's uh, Taipei is looking on the verge of an outbreak. There's some bad stuff that could happen here. Do we want to do, is it, is it time for our characters to bring out this, uh, this special little thing that they've been saving for a rainy day? Which of those two approaches, the mathy approach or the plotty approach, would you rather take when you're playing a game? I'm definitely more for the story. Mm. I don't want to think about the math. So (laughs) if it sounds like this, like Taipei is a really stressful situation, and my instincts tell me that there might be something that comes up there, that's probably the one that I'll take care of. I'll definitely go with the kind of story 
in mind, but it's definitely from a math perspective being like, okay, so we just had this outbreak. So all these cards are back in, on top, which means that there's this, like, it could be this one or this one. If we're pulling this many cards, like it, it goes all in my head and then I'll be like, we should probably look at that in front of everyone. <laughs> so people don't think I'm just crazy. So. I, I can't avoid doing the math. Once, once I see it, it's yeah. like, it's, it's like the reason why I can't enjoy small world. I would yeah. like, I'd like to be able to do the story thing. It's like, well, orcs are obviously more fun than skeletons. <laughs> so I'm totally going to take the orcs. But uh, once once I see that matrix code and uh, I, I find that if, if one choice is clearly more optimal than another mathematically, then the choice loses its fun for me <laughs> uh, because one is clearly better than the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, you're, you're a fan of Splendor, right? Yes. So this is, it's one of your favorite games. You played a lot. Um, you realize there's like a ton of math going on under the hood in that game, right? I, someone has mentioned this to me, <laughs> but I find the way that I play it isn't really geared towards math so much as like, I want this one that gives me four points. So <laughs> I'm going to eventually get enough tokens to get that one. Do you find that, uh, I mean, uh, do you wind up beating people at Splendor a lot? I have never lost at Splendor. Okay. <laughs> I put it to you that you are performing a ton of mathematical calculation under the hood, whether you realize it or not when you're playing. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, instinct, here's, here's the thing. Uh, take physics, for example. Right? Calculating a parabolic trajectory for something like a, you know, a ball or a spear mm-hmm. or something like that. There's, there's a huge amount of math there. But when we were, you know, had scarcely become humans, you know, running around on the savannah someplace, <laughs> we had to be able to basically do differential calculus in our heads in order to not die. <laughs> For this sort of thing. So we're good at this, whether we realize it or not. Mm. And not everybody enjoys it, though. For whatever reason, you've found a lot of enjoyment and pleasure <laughs> in exercising that mental muscle just as long as, just as long as what? What would remove that? What Would it be possible for, for, the, for that fun of enjoying Splendor to be stolen from you in some way if you could see the Matrix code? Would, that, would, it, would it be less fun if you could see that, do you think? That's a good question. I think... Totally hypothetical, of course, but it might be. I when I realize that I'm like calculating probabilities and figuring out which ones I actually need to get the one that I want, mm. I if something clicks and it kind of like makes it easier, like I I can finally see this code and I know what I'm doing now. But I think when I first start and I think about doing math in a game, I'm totally turned off by it. Hmm. So like how when you're consciously aware that you're trying to dance or something, uh, the more you think about it, mm-hmm. the more terrible it is. But yes. if you just allow instinct to kind of take over, you can sort of naturally kind of get in the zone mm-hmm. and sort of feel the enjoyment of just letting that natural prowess come out. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That'll wrap it up for this week. If there's a topic you'd like to hear about on the show, tweet it to us at SnakesCast or post it on the Snakes and Lattes Facebook page. Holly, Lisa, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Keep it calculated. (laughs) The SnakesCast is produced by P.T. Douglas. Music is provided by Ben Sound. The opinions expressed on the show belong to the people in it and not the company behind it. Thank you for listening, everyone. Game on. Game on.